I went looking for the dream of Africa. I woke up in Tanzania. streets and neatly dressed school children of Zanzibar's stone town make it feel like a very different Africa than I've ever known. It's tight, small. The architecture speaks of many layers of a hierarchy long gone but still evident. The famous Zanzibari doors, for instance, meticulously carved of mahogany and teak. The patterns reveal details of the original inhabitants' ethnicity and professions. Brass spikes evoke similar doors in India. The lotus flower, a historically Egyptian symbol, is meant to promote fertility. And chains, a reminder that this once was a central hub of the slave trade. What Zanzibar is today is definitely and overwhelmingly Muslim. 99% of the population. And you see its strong influence everywhere you look. The children in hijab coming from the madrasa. The streets are neat, and private homes, even of the very poor, are maintained with great pride. The call to prayer, five times a day. Zanzibar, part of Tanzania but also a semi-autonomous state, sits just 30 miles off the coast of the mainland. The minute you cross the ocean yeah. from mainland, the minute you enter Stone Town, you feel like you're in a different country, a different culture, different vibe. Saleh Said is a native Zanzibari and former tour guide, and he knows his way around these parts. So, what are our options here? This is what we call Mandazi. Mandazi a classic Swahili treat, basically an African donut or flipper. And bahias, a fried lentil fritter, Indian, spiced with cumin, turmeric, and coriander. Grab a cup of coffee? Yeah, let's do it. If you live here, if you're from here, chances are you start your day with some bitter spiced coffee, talk about the issues of the day. 
politics for one. Maybe a pastry. Mm. You like yours? Oh, that's good. So, you're born and bred here? In Zanzibar. How long has your family been here? How far back do you guys go? I'm half Indian, half African, and my mother's been here fourth generation. Fourth generation, so yeah. that's uh, starting out in? Late 1700s. Wow. Who built Stone Tech? Who built this neighborhood? So the construction started in about 1830s, during the Portuguese Where? colony. We had Portuguese, yeah? Right. Omanis stayed from 1846. Uh, they left in 1964. But they lost a lot of power in 1896. Confused? Let's take a step back. The Persians were the first major power to set up here back around 975 AD, expanding their empire onto the strategically positioned island. Then the Portuguese used Zanzibar as a hub for their slave trade and spices. Then the Omanis did the same, ultimately with the British, who ruled through them. 1964, revolution. As with most revolutions, the days following were violent, chaotic, and ugly. After overthrowing the mostly Arab government, reprisals. It wasn't independence, it was revolution, where more than 3,000 Arabs were slaughtered, and a lot of Indians were slaughtered and removed out of this country. But your family stayed? My family stayed. Why? There was no money in the family for them to move out. So it was just a no, there was no option. There was no option. To stick with what was left. Yeah. Tough times. Very tough times. And about two hours from Stone Town, this is Giambiani, a tiny fishing village. Here, the first revolutionaries would meet and plan for an independent Zanzibar. Zanzibar's first post-revolution president, Abid Amani Karume, served until his assassination in 1972. This, too, is Abid Karume, grandson of the country's first president. Well, what was the situation back then, the political situation back then? Well, it wasn't good. Basically, it was the English right. on top, Arabs in the middle, right, and then the Africans are way, way at the bottom. And uh, it, it was a form of apartheid, you know? Was this village sort of a center for revolutionary... This village was, was important in terms of the political support prior to the revolution, when my grandfather and my grandmother were staying right here, and they had meetings on, on the field, right over there. Yeah. That's where they would have their meetings, to raise support for the Afri African and, and Shirazi uh, people, their identity. Its objective was to give equal rights to all people of Zanzibar. Of course, revolutions aren't the best thing sometimes when it comes to peaceful transition. Well, this is uh, the house of Wan Hassani and Bimwaka. They're preparing a wonderful lunch for us. Odi! Bimwaka! This is Bimwaka. She used to take care of my, uh, my grandmother many, many years ago. I'm looking forward to lunch. Bimwaka was a close family friend to Abid and his grandparents, and she's putting together quite a spread. Coconut rice, freshly caught fish called tassi, simmered in broth of garlic and lime, topped with mchuzi, a fresh salad of chopped tomato, eggplant, cucumber, and potato. Another fish, kabua, or mackerel, marinated in lime juice and garlic, then pan-fried. Now, this is good. Whoa. 
That's looking good. So, coconut rice. Yeah. Chapati bread. Yep. That's it. From the other side. Yeah. Other side of the water there. That's it. This is uh, cassava. Cassava. Yeah. Three different types of uh, and fish. fried bread. Wow, what a spread here! And uh, you can use your hands. Good. Fish I can do by hand. The uh, the rice, I need help. Mmm, good. What do you think of the mohongo? It's nice, huh? The cassava. Lovely. Yeah, it's good. The rice is great too. Whatever your feelings on revolutions, it is probably worth remembering that they start in places like this people talking. And when they are won, they are often won by people who sat at the feet of the original planners, people who look like this. Look at all these kids. Watch out, future revolutionaries. <laughs> exactly. New ideas coming in that change things come from them. Don't think about it. I mean, the challenges we face as a, as a small island country, I mean, doesn't the whole world face a similar challenge? Yeah how to preserve all these things, how to find balance. For me, I see Africa as a whole. Uh, uh, I see a very interesting time. Hopeful? I'm very hopeful, actually. Optimistic? I am optimistic. I, I think the Zanzibari people are great people. And if given the opportunity, I think they can, bring, they can put a lot on the table, not only for themselves, but also for the culture of East Africa, and possibly even the world. I think they're great people. Why not? Sky's the limit, right? This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Say you're going to Zanzibar and people will tell you about the street food. It's pretty impressive. In Stone Town's Fordani Gardens, every night, vendors set up an insane variety of every iteration of seafood snack. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I love some of that. The first one here, we got the tiger bronze. Mm -hmm. We got some shrimps. Mm. We have an octopus calamari mixed with masala spice. We have a scallop shellfish. 
We have a mussel, a small shell. We have uh, like a tuna fish, blue mali, red snapper, korashai, mahi mahi, and red snapper. Good. So welcome. I think, uh, let me try some uh, some of the octopus. So how about lobster? Uh, yeah, with masala spice, but it's not hot. So when you feel hot, we give you chili like mango. All right, good. Give me some chili mango with that. Okay, okay good. Octopus, chewy but tasty. Lobster's working for me. Too spicy for you, man. Yeah, believe me. Only one of us is gonna be shitting like a mink tonight. And it's not gonna be you. Ooh, the famous ends of our pizza. Awesome. Hello, Roman. Beef, tomato fresh, cheese, mayonnaise with egg. Sounds awesome to me. Looking good. Thank you. Mmm. Weird and wonderful and mm. damn. These stands are extremely popular with locals and visitors alike, so of course the government raised the rents. One guy, Juma, decided to pick up and move his place a bit out of town. His customers came with him. Hey, Juma. Hey, Juma, how are you? Hey, Juma. So, what are we having? Yeah, your choice of beef on the stick, chicken on the stick, half chicken, and all the spices and sauces that they have here. Right. I've ordered beef for now. Beef, good. Well, let's get a half a chicken. Half a chicken? Yeah, sure. Juma's is famous for his chicken. Hey! The bird is slathered with a mixture of garlic, lime, coriander, ginger, salt and pepper. Then it's grilled and served either as satay or whole pieces topped with tamarind chili sauce. Preparation for all this, they start in the morning. Preparing, cutting, I mean, then they come here at 6.30 and they finish about 10. How many guys are working here? Chop, chop. There's about uh, six, seven of them. Six or seven of them? All around the table. Wow, this is a like, big operation. Okay, he's finishing the skewers. I guess he's half cooking or saucing. He's reheating, finishing the skewers. That guy just doesn't set up plates for him to top with meat. And then I guess they got the bread and sauce and finishing and to go also. What are they squirting on the fries? There's hot sauce, there's ketchup, and there's tamarind. They never go hungry here. There's always food in the street. If you come here to buy 10 skewers, you'd end up actually buying 20 or 30 because somebody's always asking for food. Right. And you always buy. It's just the culture. No one says no to each other for food. Yeah, too, eh? Right, there we go. And you use the stick as your fork. Hot, hot, hot. Where do you think the recipe came from? This is a real mixed up history here. It's mostly Arabic, Indian uh, components have been in. The spices, most of the trees, like mangoes came from India, pineapples came from Brazil. Tamarind, Southeast Asia, but like not even in India. India. You get in India. Mmm, damn, that's good. Tell ya, this chicken's really awesome. Might need some more of this. I like in the heat, man. Mm. Good stuff, incredible.
250-mile flight from Zanzibar across the water to the town of Arusha takes just an hour and a half. But culturally, you might as well be flying from Texas to the Philippines. Kilimanjaro, into whose white peak Hemingway's gangrenous hero saw himself disappear as he slipped into death. From there, we head into the Serengeti. journey of this kind, one must expect the occasional setback. We reach the eastern edge of the Serengeti, where it's a steep climb to the rim of the magnificent Ngorongoro Crater. Once a massive volcano that somewhere around 2.5 million years ago collapsed in on itself, creating this caldera. A true lost world. Inside the crater, an entire ecosystem within an ecosystem. Wildlife pretty much stay put. Coming to drink, well, right below my place. It's nice. Very, very nice if you find yourself here. A hot bubble bath awaits after a long day in the bush. Perhaps a dry sherry from a cut glass decanter. The next morning one rises to breakfast in one's chambers, on the balcony perhaps. Silver service, hot coffee, freshly baked croissant. Good morning. Thank you, sir. The rules of the house while slightly restricting, are sensible enough. And given the luxurious surroundings and the view, hardly a burden. I'm not supposed to wander around at night here, un unescorted. There's like lions and hyenas and elephants and stuff. And while I'm told the baboons can get rapey, um, there were no knocks on the door. You know, I know what you're thinking already. You're not going to do what I think you're going to do, are you? You're not going to go out there and like, shoot some beautiful animal in the brain. No. Answer, no. What kind of sick wants to shoot an elephant? Even the toilet has a nice view. This is pretty much what you see as you're sitting on the snakes. Idyllic natural setting and good plumbing. It's pretty much... Paradise. It's nuts driving into the Serengeti. 
after a short while, you actually get used to the Jungle Book scene playing out in front of your car. It's interesting to see the giraffe and uh, wildebeest, zebra. They all seem to hang out with each other. No conflict at all. Pretty much there's no conflict in what they want to eat. It starts with the elephants, buffaloes taking the big stuff out. Zebras follow down and then the wildebeest are the really close crop. My guide is Colin McConnell, a fourth generation African born in Kenya who lives in Tanzania and knows this area like I know the deli counter at Barney Greengrass. So this is the edge of the woodland here. It's about every tree you see here that's lying on its side hasn't fallen over out of choice. It's been pushed over by elephants. There's an elephant over there. Guys. Oh, yeah. Whoa. It's a big bull. Magnificent. Will he charge us? No. If we piss him off? If we pissed him off, he would. <laughs> they sleep so soundly, these zebra. You can creep right up and jump up. Zebras and more zebras. So many, you almost get bored seeing a herd of them. Giraffes looking only slightly irritated to be interrupted. And ever more massive herds, stadium-sized crowds of wildebeest, a fish concert of these unkempt-looking things every few hundred yards. All that's missing is the hacky sack. Everyone's come to terms with now that the wildebeest migration means wildebeest jumping into rivers. I mean, the fact that that only happens two months of the whole year, the rest of the year they're trekking through the bush. To me, this is so much more spectacular. You see these big numbers. You'll be in an area this morning that was full of wildebeest and go there this afternoon and there's not one. They've moved. Thousands and thousands of wildebeests on their annual migration are everywhere. A big circle stretched out across Tanzania and into Kenya in search of prime grazing. It's all about water and grass and a good place to make babies. I mean, look at this little guy. He's yeah, keeping he's, up with his mum. Yeah, he's doing okay. Within 15 minutes of being born, they're up and standing. Right. Running as fast as their mums within a couple of hours. There's a wildebeest that didn't make it. How old is that, you think? A day or two. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah very fresh, very fresh. Wow. You don't want to get lost here. You definitely don't want to be on foot, outside your car, or injured, for instance. Nature, as they say, is a cruel mistress. It takes care of its own without mercy. The evidence of this cruel math called survival is everywhere. Non-immediate family are not going to help a brother out. No, you think, eh? Start limping, first come the hyenas. The hyenas see the vultures dropping. Right. Um, that's a key to them that there's some food up. And the vultures really need the hyenas to rip open the skin to start eating it. By the time they finished ripping out your soft parts, treating your femur like a chew toy, the vultures and the marabou storks, lovingly called the undertaker birds, have been waiting for their turn. I don't know about you, but whenever I have cause to reflect on a pack of hyenas tunneling into an ass and ripping out the guts, I think, you know what? 
I could really go for some pesto right now. By Lake Masek, we pause for lunch. Indigenous specialties like penne with pesto, steamed baby corn and snow peas, grilled tomatoes sprinkled with parmesan. Oh, look, brownies. Those hippos are coming in close. Yeah, they can smell the pasta. They love pesto. (laughs) They're coming ashore. You're safe. Over thankfully cold beers, I learn who is really the most dangerous animal around here. Yeah, that's right. Mr. Lovable Funny Hippo, always in a tutu in the cartoons. A vicious, unpredictable, and apparently incredibly fast-moving killer. You know, you happen to leave here and go for a pee behind the tree there and come face-to-face with this hippo. A hippo would easily outrun you. One big chomp, big tusks go straight through you, chop you in half. Just get between them and their mud hole and they'll be all over you like Justin Bieber's bodyguards. It can get ugly. What do hippo penises look like? I, I, <laughs> I have no big? idea. A hippo never emerges from the water with like a no. and hippo hard on. Not that I've seen. Really? No, they're underwater. I don't go snorkeling. I find that comforting to know. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. They are among the last great warrior tribes on Earth. Semi-nomadic, they believe that all the world's cattle are a gift of the gods to them, the Maasai people. They move with their animals across the Tanzanian plains, setting up homes where they find the best grazing. Their cattle are everything. The wealth of the family, units of currency, givers of milk to live, and on special occasions of meat and blood. The Maasai construct their villages or bomas like this as strategic hamlets designed to repel and discourage predators. You have a lot of livestock coming in here. A lot of the other, like the migratory games, they've all taken off. So this area is quite famous for the cats, for the big cats. The big cats, lions, roam free here, an area of the Serengeti called Ndutu. It's the paradox. I mean, the lions are an enemy to them. They are a competitor, but they're also something that they greatly admire. Swedish native Ingela Jansson, a field biologist with the Serengeti Lion Project, is trying to find a balance between the needs, traditions, and basic identity of the Maasai people and the outside world's desire to protect these beautiful killing machines. 
This is what can happen when a Maasai warrior defending his cattle takes on a hungry adult lion. Nobody wants this. For the Maasai, being apprised of the comings and goings of the lion population is a useful thing. Preferable to find out in advance, one would think, and take evasive action than the alternative. But remember, too, and respect that the Maasai have always defined themselves and their identities by their enemy, a tribe of proud warriors. What happens when there's no one and nothing to fight? Ingela has brought several Maasai onto her team to show them up close the lions they share this land with. So often on my days out when I'm working with the Maasai, you don't eat at all. You get a cup of tea in the morning, and then if you're lucky in the rainy season, you'll get either fresh milk or, or this. This is Amasi, by the way, a lumpy yogurt-like drink central to the Maasai diet. Cheers. Cheers. And before you say yuck, it might be worth noting that between their nearly 100% protein diet of meat, blood, and dairy, the Maasai are known to have near-superhuman cardio, Olympic-level stamina and condition. They can run miles at a time without rest or water and can basically kick your ass at near any physical contest given half the chance. So help yourself to some sour, lumpy goodness. Mm. Not bad. A little honey, Mm. some raisins in there. Good Mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. It's so different here, like the rainy season, dry season. Such different challenges. What do you think of going under here? I'm okay with it. Currently, Ingela has been tracking two lions in particular, Ramos and Puyol. Oh, ah, Ramos is there. Safi. You see him? I see, yes, I do. Yeah. There they are. I see them. Wow. Two of them. Yeah. You like them, don't you? Oh, they're, they're magnificent. They're very admirable. He's a bit of a warrior, that one. Should we try and yeah. approach them? Yeah. When you go for lines, you don't never drive straight on them. Right. You kind of go at an angle. That relaxes them a lot more. <laughs> it's funny how they pretend they don't see you. They're so completely aware. So basically what we look at to identify them are the spots. It's like their fingerprint. Puncture wound in his face, that means he's fighting with females. Like if they fight with another competitor males, mm-hmm. it'll be, uh, the wounds will be on the back. It's too dangerous to go for the head area if they're fighting. The reason for the colors is to see how lions um, behave to cope with threats in the area, to show that lions and Maasai can actually stay together. They've always lived together. For the Maasai, one of the diminishing things for them is large rangelands. Um, 
it's the same resource that a lion needs. If push came to show and one part had to go, it wouldn't be the wildlife. That's bringing in far too much money for this country. So if they can show that they're, they're actually fundamental um, to protecting this area and protecting the lions, well, then, then it's the better for them as well. What's total population of lions, do you think, countrywide? Tanzania probably houses 25 to 50% of the total population of lions, so it's an important country for it. And the last estimate is 30,000 lions remaining. In. I think it's not so much the worry of the size, but it's the rapid decrease. We've lost large predators in the big part of the world. The world carries on. You would probably have other predators to take their place. You know, there'd be the hyenas, there'd be the cheetahs, there'd be the leopards. Of course, they couldn't take the big prey like the lion does. Um, if you think about it that way, lions are a big show of an ecosystem that is healthy. They're important to that. 20, 22 hours of the day, they relax. Just let me know when you've seen enough of sleeping cats. <laughs> Just a few miles from the crater's rim, Misigio village. About 400 Maasai live here. Oledorup is the chief. He has four wives, 12 children, a handful of whom are old enough to be out looking after the herds. Where are you from, Tony? I was born in New Jersey and uh, live in New York. Oh. You have a son in New Jersey, yeah? Yes, yes. He studied in one of the um, college known as the Montclair State. Oh, sure. I know Montclair very well. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Near where I grew up. Oh, yes. Look at that cloud there. There's going to be some downpour. <laughs> well, do you think it comes here, Oldodoro? No. No? No. Yeah. Not us. It's funny, like, they always know what the clouds are doing. <laughs> and some weather reports out here. The Maasai have been migrating with the seasons since they came to this part of Africa sometime in the 15th century. Long, long before the Serengeti became a national park. And here we run into the kind of existential conflict we'll be seeing more and more of as the world decides what they value most. Unspoiled expanses of nature, populated still with magnificent, wild, but aggressively protected animals, or the indigenous people. The aim for our project was promoting coexistence with lions. So when I came here to start up Lion Guardians, but there oh, were yes. many among them aside that were very they say, suspicious. No, why? They thought this is going to lead to us being kicked out. That's a constant fear in this area. Because in the past, the Maasai got to find the lion where they are, and they kill. But today we stop that. Or we can kill if no way. If you have no alternative. Yeah. yeah. That's why we have a spear. We are not hunters people, but we carry the spear all the time for protection only. The Maasai, they trust that we're not here to kick them out, that we're here to work with them. And uh, we're foreseeing that we're going to be able to start the Lion Guardian project, which basically you hire Maasai to protect the lions rather than uh, kill them. With all of the cattle uh -huh. the Maasai people have, how do you protect them from predators? 
The animals are very smart enough. If you do not bother them, they do not bother you. So well, how about when they're grazing? Uh-huh. When they're grazing, we have people who follow. And that's enough follow. to discourage uh, mm -hmm. uh, hyenas mm -hmm. or yes. lions. Yes, but sometimes they're happy lions. So they're making allowed to show themselves that uh, they're very happy. And the way to make that they say, Woo! Woo! Boom! Boom! That's make it happy, you know? <laughs> you know that's, uh, if they just like to catch something, we can hear very close, rolling like, and that stop. But that's a loud like, Woo! That's a happy one. That's a happy one. Yeah. No, no problem. <laughs> no problem. But that purring one, that, 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 that the, the second noise, that, that's not good. Mm -hmm. that, that's one is not good. That's not a, <laughs> that's not a here kitty situation. Oh, it's, uh, oh, this one must look for founding food, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, my cat hates me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this a lot of you are going to find very disturbing. Oh, I'm guessing uh, the little goat over there is about to get the bad news. Come now. Can touch like this. Yep. I try and be a good guest. I eat what my hosts put in front of me. I try to take responsibility if something dies for my dinner. Sam here? No, 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 here. All this in the hall. So when the chief asks if I care to do the honors and tells me how it has to be done, I'm not happy. In fact, as I close off its air passages, I'm struggling to not throw up on myself. Man, get ready. Do you know how to skinny? Uh, can not I show well you? Enough. Maybe I can show you and then I can go ahead, okay? The Maasai traditionally kill their goats by suffocation. For very good reason, it turns out. To keep the blood, which is a vital component for the Maasai diet, intact and abundant in the chest cavity. They continue now to slaughter to take the skin out so you can continue. Just right through. Yep. Oh, good. <laughs> Here now. If that's like this. Good. Then, continue like this. More. Yep. A little more. Good. Good. Everything's intact. Beautiful. The, this is blood. So all right. the blood so stopped. It filled up the cavity yes. and started to get uh, yes. coagulated. Yes, yes. I get it now. It's easier now to take the blood out. Right. You see? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's really, I've never seen that. That's oh, yeah. super cool. <laughs> yes. Someone like to drink fresh? Sure. <laughs> Hey, not bad. Oh, it's good. <laughs> People, they eat this one fresh. That's a kidney. Yeah. You like a piece? Yeah, just a little piece. A little. Deed done. It's time for a little kidney. Enjoy the spoils, then party. No, no, no. 
Mm. Sweet. Actually, that's, that's good. I like it better like this than cooked. Smelling good. Yeah. Osinoni. Osinoni, mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's smelling good. Mm -hmm. I'm not too much of a meat eater, but this, mm -hmm. I kind of like the, the goat. Even on the Serengeti, it ain't a barbecue if there ain't some kind of beer. Normally, we, uh, the Masai, we love honey. <clears throat> we have a, we call honey beer. Mm. The drink is just very strong. <laughs> so we have here. <laughs> Love to try some. Not right. I Yeah. the change in the mood. We are not alive. We are Welcome. Asante. <laughs> Not bad. Tasty. Almost refreshing as well. It's like a palm wine uh, or even like kind of pulque like taste also. You can definitely taste the, the honey. Yeah. The sweetness. <laughs> According to our culture, Everyone has carried their big knife. Mm -hmm. Everybody's ready. <laughs> Many aspects of their lifestyle and traditions remain unchanged. Mm, awesome. Perfect. This does not mean that Maasai don't have cell phones, by the way. Everybody does. As you say, we are talking about how can we balance this because we're not looking to send our children to school, getting a good education, but uh, we still stay in a very strong culture. Yeah, it's really coming like a hard time, but uh, we continue. So well, that's another question. You know, when your son comes back uh, from New Jersey, you know, is your son going to want a motorcycle? Is he going to want a car? Is he going to want a flat screen TV? <laughs> Uh, I don't know for the future, because uh, as you know, the children, they are very quickly changing their mind. Maybe one day coming as a New Jersey boy, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, this country, this part of Africa. Geographically huge, but not really, as the world and what we need to live in it shrinks every day. Who gets to live here? Who or what do we want to see is, for better or worse, going to determine that. Nearly $1.5 billion is spent here every year by people who come wanting to look mostly at beautiful animals. That is an amount that is hard to argue with and impossible to outrun. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.